moment, and uh, then we'll just end up in Acts chapter 4. Don't worry, I'm not going to read all those verses, but uh, we're going to be jumping around some. I want to go back and I want to remind us of last week, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which was the hour of prayer in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John head up to join the people in the temple at the great house of God as they recognized it. And on the way, they came to a gate called Beautiful with gold and precious stones and situated as an entrance in the eastern side of the temple courts, they came up across this man who had been crippled since birth. A man so lame that he couldn't even hobble along with the aid of a crutch. But instead, he had to be carried everywhere that he went. And so day after day after day, this man found himself at the entrance while so many people made their way into the temple courts to praise and honor God in that time of prayer. And it was two people that made the difference. Peter and John approached this particular day different. And as they make their way to this crippled man, the Holy Spirit of God that was living within them caused them to do something totally different, unlike any others that had done that day. Instead of just passing by and making their way into the temple, they stopped. And they had a conversation with this man. They did something that nobody else that particular day in the crowds did. They chose to do the right thing. They chose to be led and to follow the Spirit of God. I want that to sink in for a minute. Because when God's Spirit comes over us, is it just meant to just be there? Or is it meant to really come alive and work? And for us, as his people, to respond accordingly. You see, Paul says it this way, that we are to walk and we are to keep in step with the Spirit of God. And so as we walk and as we keep in step with the Spirit, guess what, church? You and I are going to do things that we would never do in our own realm. And when we do those things, we do them, yes, in the name of Jesus, but we do them because God's Spirit is alive and well and working in our heart. So I wonder this morning, what is the Spirit of God leading you to do? And so I invite you to look in Acts chapter 3 for a moment. And as I said last week, Peter and John give us a picture of the church at its best. They give us a picture of the church in action. Some of this should be on our screen uh, this morning. They, they would see the church at its best. And so I want you to look in Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 4. And I want you to notice what the scripture says. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, 
look at us. And so the man gave them his attention. And I want you to underline this next word in your Bible. Expecting to get something from them. He looked at them, gave all of his attention, expecting to get something from them. That word expecting, here's what it means. To wait for something in suspense. So maybe what that crippled man saw that day in Peter and John, maybe he saw something in those two that he had never seen before. Especially when they said, look at us. And when they said that, as we discussed last week, they're not saying, look at all the things that we can do, because Peter had already said, silver and gold, I do not give you. Okay, I'm not going to give you all the things that you can see around you. All right, I'm not here to do that. I'm going to give you something that has already been given to me. I've been blessed, and so I want in return to pass that blessing on to you. To wait for something in suspense. And I wonder this morning, how many of us know that God does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us? How many of us know that? We, we read that, but do we actually believe it and do we actually expect God to fulfill that? See, this man is here and he's waiting for something in suspense. And I wonder this morning, how many of us, week in and week out, how many of us just come to church ready for just another Sunday service? We'll sing some songs, we'll pray, we'll take communion, and providing that I do the right thing, I'm going to get you out of here by 11.30 at the latest so you can go to lunch and get home and watch almost the beginning of the Cowboy game. Now, you don't have that problem today because kickoff is not till 3.15, so I've got four hours. Did you come here this morning expecting me to go four hours? No. Now quit that. No, you didn't come here expecting that. And I'm not going to do that. But here's what I wonder. Did you come here expecting something from God? Did you come here expecting God to work? Because sometimes I'm afraid that we can just kind of get up and it's another Sunday and we can just kind of go through the motions and here we are. But I wonder, when is the last time that you've woke up and you've been in this service or wherever you go and you begin to realize, I am waiting, I am in suspense of what Almighty God will do today. Our faith, church, needs to move us in such a way that we begin to understand that our God is mighty to save. Amen? That our God is mighty to deliver us and to rescue us from anything that we find coming our direction. When we wake up and expect God to show up, and we expect God to do something, 
It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Now, on our end, if we come just expecting another day, another service, shame on us. Oh, ye a little faith, Jesus would say. Because what he wants is for us to come longing, realizing that God is a God who rewards those who seek him. And when we come seeking him with all, mighty things will happen. That lame man, when he heard the words from Peter, look at us, he never dreamed what would happen next. And the faith that comes is when Peter reaches out his right hand. Terrence, you're always here, so I'm going to pick on you. He reaches out that right hand and says, come. And what does he do? That's your cue to stand up. Good job. (laughs) He stands up. And he begins, good job. He begins to walk. And not only walk, but what else does he do, church? He jumps. Wow, really? He walks and he jumps. And he's praising God because he's able to do something that he had never been able to do before in his life. Praise God for that. Sandra Leith. What a great example of a lady who laid in the hospital bed for a long time. Sick. Really sick. Look at her now. She's smiling from ear to ear. I visited with her this week and she said, I can't wait to be at church Sunday. You see... That's expectancy. That is a person of faith saying, I can't wait to be here. I can't wait to see what God will do. And so how do you think God feels when we come before him without that sense of expectancy? If he's the great God who made all of heaven and earth, how insulting it must be to him when we come not expecting anything to happen When people hit our prayer blog some 400 and something thousand times, that's not an accident. That is people all around our community and and other places that are reaching out, believing in the power of prayer. Believing in a power that they may not be able to see or touch, but they believe that God Because people of faith go to him in prayer, they believe that God's going to show up and do something. Maybe what you and I need in our life is to believe that God's going to show up and he's going to do something in my life. Now, what is that something for you? I don't know. But I want you to think about that for a moment. Because whatever that something is, God can do more than we ask or imagine with it. Just like he did with this man. And so when you turn the pages and you see the continuation of the story, 
John, is the video going to work this morning? In Acts chapter 3, I want you, I'm not going to read this text, but as you listen to this, it actually goes from about verse 11 to chapter 4 of verse 4. And this is the continuation of our story from last week. And listen to what happens. Okay, maybe not. John, if you'll go down to where the video is supposed to play, it should, be, it should play right after that. I want you to look in Acts chapter 5 real quick uh, and go to verse 3. Because as we see God at work and we see the Holy Spirit coming on and, and working, there is also somebody else that's at work here that we always need to be reminded of. Chapter 5 of verse 3 Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? How is it you being full of the Spirit and at the same time, what does God remind us of? that Satan can still fill our hearts. And so in Acts chapter 1 and in Acts chapter 2, you see the chief actor there is God at work with his Holy Spirit. And here comes the rest of the story. Why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go And this man, through faith in his name, hath been made strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom ye have crucified, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. 
take him. Ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God having raised up his son Jesus, <clears throat> sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Do you notice how so many in the crowd that day, they were so eager to hear the rest of the story? And they were so eager to listen to Peter and John explain as they speak to the onlookers. But then there's also those who want to have nothing to do with it. And they had their way. And they took them away. But as Peter preaches to the crowd, I want you to look in Acts chapter 3, about verse 19. And I want you to notice three promises that he gave the crowd. He said in verse 19, Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And so do you see the promises that he offers? The first promise he says is that your sins may be wiped away. Well, that, that lame man needed to hear that. We need to be reminded of it every day. That we don't have to stay in our sins any longer. Jesus comes and he offers us regeneration. He offers us something that nobody else can give you anywhere. That your sins can be wiped away. And then he goes on to say, and when those sins are washed away, there will be times of refreshing that come to you and I from where? From the Lord. Our sins are washed away. Regeneration so that a time of refreshing may come. So here's what we need to hear. I don't know where you are, but I know that we struggle. We struggle a lot. Sometimes maybe we even doubt. Is God even there? Is he working? And as Peter reached the crowd that day, he gave them hope, didn't he? And he said things to them they needed to hear. It needed to soak in. Your sins can be wiped away. And the good news is, 
if you're down and out this morning, God so fills us with his Holy Spirit and he works in such a beautiful way that times of refreshing will come. That's not a maybe. That is a promise from eternal God. That times of refreshing will come your way. Now here's the question we have to deal with. Will we expect that to take place? Again, are we waiting in suspense for those times of refreshing to come our way? As people of faith, we have to respond, yes. We believe that. But yet, that other player that's involved, Satan, he wants to fill your heart so much with doubt. He wants you every day to think, I don't know if I believe that. We hear that voice from Satan, and yet we hear another voice from our Creator that says, times of refreshing will come. Who, who do you believe? Who will you believe? And all of it takes place because of this. God will send Jesus. And when Jesus comes, he will restore and he will make right all things. Time of restoration will take place. How many of you long for that day? How many of you long for that day of refreshing to come over you? That God will restore you. He will restore the world. He will restore everything. And once again, he will make it right. Because we have messed it up so bad. But he makes it right. And then in Acts chapter 4, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, as you noticed in the video, they came up to Peter and John while they're speaking. And they're so disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and they were proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection. They wanted, they wanted nothing to do with that. And so they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But in spite of all of that, look how God still works in verse 4. Many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. I'm going to tell you, in spite of Satan, God and his people and the church must march on. And that's us. So in spite of Satan and in spite of all the negativity that goes on and all the doubt that may fill our hearts, we have to believe as people of faith that all things are going to come together 
and that all things are going to be made new again and we march on. And the example that we see here in Acts chapter 4, in spite of all of that, guess what? The church is still growing and people are coming and saying, we want to be a part of this. And the message that we take to a lost and dying world today, I want to go back to the song that Stephen introduced us to a minute ago. Have you heard about my Savior? Have you heard about his wonderful word? That's what we take to people. Not just in word, but we take it with our life. And we live it out day by day. And we wrestle with this thing called life, believing that God can work it all out. Amen? Amen. We have to believe that. Because by faith, even though we may not be able to see it, even though we may not be able to understand it, we're still called to put our trust and our hope in God who will sort it all out and who will make it all worthwhile in the end. Have you heard about my Savior? And have you heard about his wonderful word? May we take that message to the world this week. And may we live that out before those who so desperately need to see it. And as we stand to sing a song this morning of invitation, may this be a time where we reflect on our own walk. Go ahead and stand. And may it be a time where we think about our own walk with God. <clears throat> because you know, at one point, we were just like that lame man. We needed somebody to reach out our hand and say, come follow me. And may we hear that message, not just today, but every day of life. Let's sing this song.